0: Welcome to Meet an African Pastor podcast. My name is Anthony Seitzma, and in this podcast, I interview different African pastors so that people around the world can hear about what their lives are like and pray for them. And most importantly, this gives all of us an opportunity to learn from the African church. Thank you for listening. Welcome again to the podcast. I'm happy to be back with Joseph Yamutera again. I've had him on the podcast before, and we're doing this conversation online from a distance. But Joseph, it's it was good to see you again, and um, I'm happy to have this conversation with you today. We're going to be looking at the topic of partnership, especially between different organizations, different churches um, in Africa, and how are how are organizations working together, and how can we do better in that cooperation. So Joseph, maybe to start us, why don't you share with us some of your ideas about partnership, and then I'll ask you some more questions after you share, just in general, what are some of your thoughts about it?
1: Yes, thanks, Anthony. And uh, and and
0: remind us also, sorry, remind us also A little bit about yourself for those who may not have listened to the other podcasts so you can say a little bit about yourself and then share about the partnership
1: yes my name is joseph i'm a pastor and uh i'm also the leader of an organization called uh, rabbi kirana ministries our main work is healing and reconciliation and uh, i also serve under mercy ministries and uh, also the World Evangelical Alliance in, uh, a department called Peace and Reconciliation Network. And recently I've been also uh, given to co-lead the Migration and Refugee Network. So I'm based in, uh, in, in Kigali, this is where our headquarters are, but uh, I sometimes spend uh, with my family time in uh, Nairobi. We, do quite a lot of traveling. So from my work, I have uh, had an opportunity to work with uh, churches, with um, Christian institutions, but also with uh, um, non-church organs like government and, uh, and, and other entities. And so partnership is a big word for me and also for many people in Africa. Partnerships is um, something that most of the Africans think about as a way to get money. So when someone writes to you and say, I want to have partnership with uh, your organization, the first thing that comes to your your mind is that someone is in need of money. Partnership is a very key element in the Bible. Actually, the very beginning, when we look at the Trinity, it's all about partnership. And that should also be the model for all partnership. We see equality among the partners and we see uniqueness and in, in roles, what we call distinctiveness. So we don't need to be the same in order to partner. We see complementarity and collaboration. But there is also the same goal, the same purpose. So those should be the elements of good partnership. And any good partnership should lead to a win-win situation. And so there are many benefits in partnering. Some of the time, a church or an organization will have some strengths and weaknesses. But in working with another organization, then you get the strength that you are lacking from another organization. So you can be stronger together with another organization, but we also have uh, uh, efficiency in the way we do things. We can get better results. And in the end, a good partnership, especially in the Christian uh, community, is a very good witness because Christ prayed about unity, it shows the unity in the body. Actually, First Corinthians chapter 14 talks about the Christian body as a body compared, you know, the Christian community to a body. So in terms of uh, the part of the body, we don't have the same roles, but we function together and we get things done. Let me just give in some of my experiences in my work of healing and reconciliation, uh, I was always going to villages and trying to pull the church together. I discovered that it is uh, not easy, even among protestant churches, evangelical, to come together. And uh, the theme that we were trying to tackle in Rwanda was healing, reconciliation, and peace. It was uh, It was not easy. And I started to learn why some of the time People find it difficult to work together, but I will come back to that. So I see two levels of partnerships. Some of the things that we do are quite spiritual or biblical. Like if uh, we want to run a a rally, which is a Christian program, and in that program, we can only partner if we have uh, the same spiritual foundations and Ephesians chapter four, verse five to six talks about our unity. Our unity based on one God, one baptism, one faith. So we can only do some Christian program, evangelism, discipleship. We are doing something very biblical. Then we need those things. We need uh, you know to make sure we are working with people who have the same, uh, at least in a basic element of faith. And also the values should be strongly in agreement because otherwise any spiritual activity uh, requires some kind of commonality in in our faith. We don't need to be in the same denomination or same church tradition, but we can uh, at least have the basic, at least the main key pillars of our faith. Uh, Having it similar will really help but there are things that uh, require everyone, not only Christians, like uh, the, the issue I talked about, peace. Like in Rwanda, after the genocide against the Tutsi, it was very important that people, everyone, you know, the elders and, and young people and government and, and everyone needed peace, people in prisons and people in high spheres of politics, everyone needed peace. So I don't see why we should require that people become born-again Christian, be baptized by immersion, you know, to work together in order to achieve peace, because this is something that is uh, a common need to both Christian and non-Christian, and uh, it is also, it benefits, it requires the contribution of all, because for peace to be, uh, reached, we need the contribution of everyone. So I, uh, some of the time I see Christian finding it very difficult to work with anyone else, which is wrong when we are tackling poverty or discussing things around environment. So why do we need someone to speak in tongue? And because these are things that all of us need and we can work together with the different skills. Sometimes we need a school to come and do research. A, a government school institution or a department or uh you know government body to come and work with us as Christians on some of the issues if you are looking for water clean water so why don't we need them? Um, government and and other uh, institutions even if they don't believe in in Jesus to come and and work together with us to get water so those are the two labels some spiritual activities that we partner to achieve some are just you know uh, needs that uh, all of us want to meet and we can do that work with uh, everyone else in my experience i have also found some kind of structures that are supposed to facilitate partnership and these are like uh, uh, the protestant council Evangelical allies; these are big bodies you find in every country. So, in my attempt to work with them, I also realized that these bodies are there, and most of them are interdenominational, but they are quite empty, shallow, uh, empty shells. Uh, sorry, and sometimes you don't even see uh, what they are doing together. Maybe receiving funding and uh, do a small project, yes, but uh, they're not really seriously sitting together and initiate something. Unless maybe there is external funding, then they can uh, work on a short project and then um, go back to their own small corners. So uh, my experience is that even if we have some structures that are uh, supposed to facilitate partnerships, sometimes that is not happening. With uh, churches, I see more competition than partnership. Sometimes even within a denomination, you can find people, uh, you know, really fighting to get more members from another parish of the same denomination. But within denominations, I've seen some of, uh, yeah, quite tough competition. Sometimes uh, we'll have these uh, great evangelists from America coming with huge money, and they will bring all the pastors, all the churches together for a seminar, and they will do what they call a crusade. And then uh, you'll find everyone is enthusiastic about some of these, uh, you know, funded big money um, things. And then after that, you will uh, see everyone scattering again to their own thing. So I, I really want to see more collaboration of churches around events that is not initiated by a Western uh, big evangelist. And all oh, angels because like a fund you'll find like World Vision or Food for the Hungry. Sometimes they will also have programs and they will bring church to- churches together. And churches will be very enthusiastic, excited about attending some of these things because everyone in the end will go with some small funding But I want to see more and more where churches will be just calling each other and initiate something and then achieve it together. And at another level, invite other players and partner around some of the needs that we see in the community. I have seen also some problems. Partnership has not always been easy. Uh, Sometimes there is abuse or um, One part, want to dominate and dictate. And today in Africa, there's so much talk about, you know, partnership with Western uh, entities where people will tell you, oh, you need to be careful because when they give you the money, because partnership, you know, for many people, it's about money, which is not the right way of saying partnership. But some of the people will say, oh, you know, you need to be careful because when these Western people, when they give you money, they will also dictate you their, you know, what they call their, their issues, their, what they think is uh, yeah, is right and wrong. And then they will dictate, you know, what to do and how to do things. And so there is uh, some of these abuses have led to conflict. And so also in um, many of these partnerships, I've also seen, uh, um, yeah, kind of sometimes compromise in the negative way because compromise is necessary for partnership we can't just come with everything we we are and we have and say you have to really you know bow to us you need to adapt and change and 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 become like us we we compromise but there's some also element of compromise that go a bit too far especially when we are we have to let go of some of our key belief or key doctrines or things that we hold dear in our Christian um, faith. So, um, sometimes people will compromise too much and uh, even their identity is compromised and sometimes I've seen conflict. And let me just give you an example of uh, an abuse. There was uh, two organizations, partnering one in the West, and one in, uh, in in Rwanda. And one organization was giving money, and the other, it was just small bits of money, and the other was implementing. But uh, at one time, they discovered that um, people were giving money. They were selling their products at a very high cost in, in, uh, in their country. But the money that they were giving was just a small, uh, you know, amount, and you know things ended very in a very bad place because conflict occurred. But they've also seen a lot of cheating, and in one case, someone who just uh, took all the money it was given by the other side and disappeared. But in other cases, when there's no money involved, sometimes there, there will be cheating or lying, or abusing. And, and these are kind of things that happen quite a lot when partnership is, uh, is being uh, implemented. And I want just to finish with some of the um, cure, um, um way forward or how do we overcome some of these uh, problems and challenges. When we go into partnership, we need to be solid about our identity. Know who are we because it's very difficult when we want to enter in a partnership that is going to change everything we, we are, our dreams, our vision, our mission, and even our, our identity itself, that is very dangerous. We need to really be strong in our identity and especially our vision and, uh, and mission. And so we need to really define very well I have seen, you know, people shifting from things to things. Today, you see them in HIV. Tomorrow, they have shifted to, uh, you know, planting trees. And another day, they are in uh, microfinance, depending on who is on the other side. But even, you know, as, as we enter a partnership, we need to be strong in our identity. The second thing is that uh, we need to have very clear uh understanding of that, what are we partnering uh, about, and have some kind of boundaries. So if we are partnering on a project, that's to be defined, what are we partnering on, and what are the elements? What is going to define that partnership? So MOUs are very important in partnership. So everyone knows this is what we are trying to achieve together. This is my role and it is your role. This is what you are uh, required to do. This is what it is your part. And people now come to uh, an understanding that is very clear. That is going to reduce all the the, the risks, not all, but at least a number of risks. And another thing is that, uh, yeah, we need to base our partnership on uh, on a very good knowledge of, of the other side. So we need to start by personal, you know, uh, knowledge of the other person, have interest in, in the other side, who is the leader, you know, and, and have a very good relationship as a foundation instead of just jumping into doing things. And we need to also, as we enter into partnership, especially when we want to go cross-culturally, we need to improve, our cross-cultural experience or or knowledge. Because sometimes, you know, some of the difficulties are just, you know, things about worldviews and cultures. So we need to learn the other culture, even within the same country, maybe working with another denomination. We need to know, we need to learn quite um, much about, about, about them. And it's not all about us. It's, uh, it's also about them. Yeah, we need to anticipate that problems will come and also create all, some mechanisms in case those problems come. Another thing is that uh, we need to build trust, accountability, and transparency. These are things I've seen in uh, most of the, uh, the African organizations. Sometimes we tend to feel uh, embarrassed when failure comes. So we need just to be honest. This is what we did. We don't want to inflate numbers. We don't want to give fake pictures because you want to please. We need just to say it did not work and be transparent, accountable. There's no hiding and say, I don't want, you know, my friend to see the other side of me. So keep people in in a distance. That is not going to help, you know, building trust. We need to focus on the bigger picture. And yeah. uh, at last, we need to have, as uh, as Christians mainly, we need to have Jesus as our, our, our main goal, the witness to Jesus. And that should be our main goal. Building the kingdom of God should be our main goal in whatever we do. As we keep the bigger goal, the end goal, the other things we do in partnership, are going to stay in perspective, knowing if we do this together, at the end, Jesus will be glorified. Otherwise, as we duplicate effort, as we start to attack one another, as we do things, you know, in the same place, doing the same thing and losing all these resources, we are bringing disgrace to the name of our Lord Jesus. Anthony, this is, uh, these are some of the things I have, uh, I've learned.
0: Amen. That's uh, wonderful. Uh, it's very interesting to hear all of that. I have a lot of questions for you. I don't know what how much time we'll have, but let me get started on some of the questions. I really appreciated hearing from you. There's a lot of wisdom there. But let's dig into some of the, the things that you shared. Uh, first, at the beginning, you were talking about how people tend to perceive partnership within certain African countries. Uh, you said a lot of people think about partnership they think about the financial aspect of partnership that's something that I've experienced as well I'm wondering if you have any ideas on why that's the case Um, how did people start to think that's what partnership is, is all about and do you see that people value when I say people churches or organizations do you see that some of them do value other aspects of partnership um, and maybe you could give some examples of of other ways that organizations and churches can work together and benefit one another, besides the giving of financial resources. So what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I, uh, one, one aspect is uh, that I have seen some people, some starting small initiatives because they want to get some funding. And because of that wrong motive, the tendency will be to look at anyone coming around as a potential donor, a source of funding. And that has created a lot of a lot of difficulties in uh, when perception you know has gone all around finances. And then sometimes it's still the other way around. I've also seen people coming from other countries and uh, even asking. We want to do this. Can you find us someone, you know, with whom we want to do some of these things? And and then, you know, all that creates false perceptions that uh, partnership is uh, all about money. But uh, I have seen some other aspects of partnerships like uh, like Langham, which is uh, all about books, you know, Christian books. I have seen Langham working with churches and uh, our Bible colleges, and just you know helping those churches to acquire books you know, at a very cheap, very very affordable price, and they have brought books and uh, you know filled um, libraries of uh, Bible colleges through that kind of friendship or or, or partnership. I've also seen like uh, in uh, within the same area. Like uh, in Kenya, where I see churches in slums and uh, like some of the churches in the city, they have quite some money. That is, again, about finance. And they will go and work with a church in Islam, slum and, uh, you know, uh, even if they're not in the same denomination and just say, we're going to take your pastors uh, to Bible college and they will pay a scholarship for the pastors of a very poor, Church in in Islam to go through Bible school and not give money but uh, scholarship or sometimes money for the church to do like you know building or or, or some some of these other things. I have also seen uh, other like um, small uh, microfinances like some Christian organizations like uh, World Vision or um, yeah even. The, the Catholic have something like this, they have created microfinances. And some of them have gone to some of the Christian organizations that started these uh, cooperatives with women. And they brought some of their experts to come and teach about how to do a small uh, business plan, You know how do you access uh, you know, loans and, and services loans and do a small uh, business. So I've seen some of these, uh, yeah, different ways of uh, partnering. But most of the people who come from the West, uh even those who come with uh, maybe a, a program, say uh, we want to do this program. Some of the time, it can it can start on a very good, uh, yeah, note. Like we have we phrase on it this program around Timothy leadership training. Which is a very good model, very simple, which does not require, you know, these big resources. So we, we need, yeah, we, we started on that note. And, uh, yeah, there's some small amount that is given to that, uh, that, 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 that partnership. But I think what we need is just to keep in, uh, in mind that we are trying to equip the churches, you know, with this. It was, one of our ideas, our we wanted to train leaders. It is already something you are doing a very good program. We say, you know, why don't we work together? But what we need is just to keep, you know, focused on uh, on 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 the on the vision and not be distracted by uh, you being American and the resonate, you know, and the CRC and and us being African. So we need to. Ask God to really help us to maintain that kind of, uh, of partnership. There is a lot that can be done on this side where people put their hands together. I remember, like, in my church, my church is very good at evangelism, but not very good at discipleship. And so, but when you look at a church like uh, uh, Christian Life Assembly, they have a very good discipleship program. Even the IPS or Focus or the, but the, 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 yeah they have a very good program in discipleship. So what I want to see more is that how can we sit together and say, you know, bring this and I bring I bring my new convert there. are So many, but uh, you bring your discipleship program and we work together. I want to see. I desire to see more more of that uh, that collaboration.
0: Yeah, that's really helpful. You you've talked a bit about this already, but I wanted to just hear if you have any more examples you wanted to share of healthy partnerships and what what did they do that made it end up being healthy or unhealthy partnerships and what did they do that made it become unhealthy. And and for either of these, you don't have to share specific names of organizations um, if you don't want to. So, and, and you know, we're thinking in terms of partnerships between, uh, it could be a foreign organization and then a local African organization, but it could also be, or, or churches, but it could also be between two different uh, churches in Rwanda or two different um, Rwandan organizations. Um, so, but uh, just to help us think more about that, What what are some of the for a healthy partnership, what are some of the things that you saw these entities doing that really ended up helping it to become a healthy partnership or with an unhealthy one, what are some of the things kind of red flags or bad processes that were there that ended up making it unhealthy? And if you don't have more examples that come to mind, it's okay. I can go on to another question. But if you have any more examples you want to share, you can can do so.
1: Yes, thank you, Anthony. Let me just give one example with uh, Youth with a Mission. Youth with a Mission in Rwanda, uh, no, all over the world, they have what you call DTS. So, with the DTS, they have a three month program where they teach uh, about discipleship. And then they have three months where they send um, their uh, trainees into churches. And there's a very good collaboration between Youth with a Mission. With some of the churches here, where they send the trainees, which is a very good uh, healthy partnership because everyone gets you know in the end uh, it's a win win situation. I think by healthy, one of the things we we see is that it is based on a common goal. So we want to see something that we achieve together. Uh, in a way that is very efficient, effective, and uh, yet yeah, that everyone bring their strength. There's no one controlling or dominating. And uh, there's also yeah, an element of uh, vulnerability and being able to talk about things when they don't go well. So I have seen, uh, again, when I, I think of um, some of the organizations in uh, like what we do in in Rwanda we work very closely with uh, the GBU there's a university it's in Uganda i think it is focused so what we do in Rwanda is um, my work is about killing and reconciliation so we train uh, people and then after we train uh, the students student leaders they go and implement uh, that uh, healing and reconciliation program into universities, and so we have seen uh, really good success in that kind of partnership. They don't expect much from us, we in, in terms of money, but uh, and then we don't expect them to report to us everything, as if we are now telling them. You know, you, you do this and go into the details and go after them, look at their books every day. And so we are not in a controlling uh, relationship, but rather and we, we we trust uh, each other. I'm very thankful to Master Ministries International when I was uh, working in uh, AEE, the African Evangelistic Enterprise, again doing this work of reconciliation. What I love about them is that uh, in their healthy um, you know, partnership, they sent some of the people to come to AEE and to look at the reconciliation program. The first thing that they did is to come to our home. So we sat and shared food and talked about stories. It didn't start with men. It started with a strong uh, relationship. We built, you know, we had the time to visit each other They invited us in uh, the office in the headquarters in Geneva. And it is only after there was a solid foundation that they gave the money. And I remember because of that, one time someone who was on the staff stole the money a lot. I didn't fear to tell them that uh, this is what happened. They were not happy because they, it was like uh, we we, went, we didn't have very good systems, you know, as an organization. But they sent someone to come and sit with us and we tried to correct some of our systems. We had to pay our staff, but we decided to reimburse, you know, slowly our staff. But it is us because of the friendship. We didn't want to hurt that friendship. And so it was very friendly and it created this solid relationship that we have today and we all say even when the money will be gone, we will still be friends. That is healthy partnership is even without the money, we can still be friends and we do quite other things together, not only um, yeah programs. So and a healthy partnership is more about um, based on and wrong motives. Sometimes this is what I said when someone or people start something, because it becomes like a trap, you know, to catch money, money that might, might, you know, be around. That has led into all kinds of of tragedies. I remember some people uh, who asked me to um, help another person and to, to build a church. So these are the, the Americans and then I said to them, but that person is not someone who is well known in the in that community. And I talked to some of the pastors, many of them, and they told me he's not someone reliable, but they yeah uh, they forced you know their way and they they did it. They built that church, but in the end, things went very bad. And at one point, they even sent a huge container of yeah medical equipment that disappeared. So it was uh, it was very painful to to see that. But and it was on on both sides. One is building some ministry or initiative on on wrong motives, but on the other side is also entering in a partnership without listening, and sometimes. Yeah, you think you know, you want just to do good, but you don't go through all the wisdom on, on how, what are the steps, and uh, do you listen to the people around and 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 try to build some good foundation to whatever you are doing. And another unhealthy thing I've seen in partnership is uh the whole uh control. It's it's very hard when you are working with someone. For everything, they want a photo, and they'll be asking you, you know, give us the stories, give us the photos. And then you're like, yeah, so it's not about ministry anymore. It's almost like I'm working for these guys. We are just trying to collect. Even what we do is so that we get stories, you know, to to give away. Uh, It becomes very, almost like a a bargain. Uh, It's almost like a business transaction. And that has left people, especially those who are on the lower side, I mean, on the deceiving side, feeling quite manipulated and used. So that has been uh, quite unhealthy.
0: Yeah, thank you very much. Those are really helpful examples, and it's good to hear about the unhealthy ones, even though they're un- unpleasant to think about. But I was really encouraged by. You know the story of healthy partnerships that that you shared. Um, <clears throat> let's move on a little bit. Uh, I wanted to go back to some of the things you said at the beginning, Stella. So I have some more more questions. Uh, one of the things you were talking about was structures in different countries that facilitate partnership. I, I imagine there's some that are also um, international, involving a number of countries. Um, And you said that some of them are more like empty shells, which is a strong statement, which you knew you're making a strong statement, but I'd love to hear more about that. Do you you see any use for such structures? Have you seen them do some good? Um, Or is it mostly just a, a funding mechanism? And you said that you don't see them seriously sitting together to initiate something together. Maybe you could give an example of what you think they could be doing if they're not doing that. What what type of thing could they be doing together? So anyway, we need to hear a little bit more on that and help us understand that.
1: Yeah, uh, let me just say in Rwanda, when the genocide was yeah uh, uh, perpetrated against the Tutsi, we had all these organs like uh, the Evangelical Liars, Protestant Council, these are quite you know um, major. I, I can say actors in the life of the country because it is a gathering of many churches. So what we will hope is to see like those those uh, structures becoming a strong body, you know, to stand up and say, you know, atrocities are happening here. This is a genocide. We should stop it, and also, you know, create this. Um, at least, you know, go to those in, uh, in 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 power and say, "Oh, we need to stop this." And also, be a voice in uh, on on the international community because most of these uh, these bodies are quite connected to larger bodies. So, if we look at the uh, WCC or the world evangelical alliance so we have some of these small bodies which have a stronger uh, i can say um sound board if they want to speak to the whole world and 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 just you know do advocacy or uh give a very strong alert uh, or call they have uh, all these channels so that is just one case but i also see in many countries where i go I've been working in 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 another country where, uh, you know, th- killings were happening. So we brought the evangelicals in that country and we talked to them about, you know, what do we do? And they were very, I don't know how to say, not arrogant, but just uh, complacent. And they just said, oh, you know, we are doing our work, you know, and our, our work is to send people to heaven, preaching about Jesus and send people to heaven. And uh, whatever is happening outside there, that is politics. It's not our domain. And it was very sad to see that because there were already killings happening in that country. So when I look at these uh, massive structures, and I knew it's maybe USID or someone could come with uh, some millions of dollars and say, you, you know, you structure. Go and do some kind of peace work. They will go. They will not say, oh, it is not our... our 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 mandate. It's not our uh, yeah our responsibility. But so I see them uh, when there is nothing significant happening. You try to go to the offices. Some of them will find that they are just you know empty. Nothing is really happening there until there is some money, you know, falling from from elsewhere. I can also give examples that uh, some of these big uh, coalitions they have some members and uh, members give some contributions but you know tell them ask you know what are you doing with those contributions there's not much coming out of them i don't know if it is the structure itself or if it is about people i don't know but uh, I, i i hope i wish to see them be meeting and discussing all the things that are happening in the country like uh you know covid and uh, hiv and not waiting for you know tfn to give money for hiv or who but just you know sitting and saying what do we do let's go and do mobilization so i don't see much of uh yeah these bodies being active in in the things that's happening in in, in the countries where
0: I visit. I mean, what you're saying kind of gets at what we've talked about on other, other times, other conversations about this is connected to dependency. It's kind of like a, um, a dependency on, yeah. on donors to not just give the money, but to initiate doing yeah. something for nice. our communities. Anyway, it's a good challenge, good good for us to think through. I know not everyone listening is aware of these different structural bodies, but some of them may be, and they can think through how to uh, encourage some of those changes. Uh, Another thing you mentioned earlier was about sharing values, and you talked about how there are some things we can do together even with people who are not Christians. I absolutely agree with you that uh, depending on... um, you know, what it is that we're trying to accomplish. Um, Maybe you can share more though on what, okay, you shared already on some of the things that we can do together with people who are not Christians, but what are some of the things that you would say you really need to share the same values and core doctrines um, Mm -hmm. before you would partner with other Christians on a Particular project or initiative, like what, um, what types of things that you would do together? Do you really need uh, that kind of close affinity, uh, similar mm-hmm. teachings and, and doctrines?
1: Yeah, yeah. I uh, once when you think about like. Um, TLT, for example, this is a training, theological training. Maybe, yeah, it's a school that we are running together and we are training pastors. I think for that we need to just be careful because even within the church community, there are many sensitivities and uh, people are quite nervous. So we need to at least have the minimum of, of, you know, um, commonality in in doctrines, and that I also reflected in our in our values in order to do something like this. How can we join to create or to run uh, a Bible Bible school or a Bible program? You know, for Sunday school teachers, or uh, we want to train pastors on, on on you know how to preach or how, to, how to, to do pastoral care, how to lead congregation. We have um, an initiative on church planting. So for, for those to be really, for people to do something of that nature, we really need to to have some kind of, uh, at least basic. I'm also quite uh, concerned with people who are too extreme. In the doctrine stand and they become too touchy. It's like uh, a small thing is, uh, yeah, it create too much like noise. I used to be that way. This is why this is easy for me to talk about it. Coming from a church tradition that was quite uh, repulsive and exclusive, and you know, anything. It's like okay, you know, on the Baptist. Maybe, uh, no, 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 no. We can't allow anyone who is not baptized in, uh, uh, you know, our immersion to. We don't even consider them to be Christians. So, all this it's a bit kind of uh, over the board, and so we need to be, um, yeah, very clear that as Christians, there are some essentials that we need to agree on, but there are some non-essentials that also, even if they are dear to our church traditions. But they are not necessarily uh the the, the, the element of, of, of our of our Christian faith. So we also need to be flexible in uh in, in 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 our doctrinal um yeah what we have, what you call the core core of our our doctrines and also you know know some of the things we will not agree on other people about speaking in tongues and you know things like um yeah, we need, uh, we need to have an, another kind of second experience. You know, you need to go to a certain place and you need to pray this way. Those are not, you know, even in, in the spiritual programs, we, we don't need to go that far. But in the other things that we do, we can do with others, like in one slum in, uh, in Nairobi, there's a, a pastor. Her name is uh, is Josephine, and uh, she she's uh, my my kind of hero. She is working in a in a in a slum called Pi- Pipeline, and uh, it is an informal settlement. And then at one time, the government, uh, yeah, just demolished all these uh, these buildings. Not even the buildings; these are kind of shacks. So and people refused to go, so they stayed, you know, and it it was very cold, and she just decided as a pastor to go to the people who stayed in those half uh, shelters to talk with them and play with them, and then she started to collect food from those who have to uh, those who do not, and then she went and opened a a small part in the the church, and she said, I want to see this, um, one of the those who have clothes or uh, utensils, bring in this place, and those who do not have come and take. So she started to work with the community. And then she started to reflect on why did the government destroy the the place? The first thing was security, because many people who were there, there were bandits and thieves, not because they were bad people, but it's poverty at, at the extreme. So she went to the police and and gave one part of the church to the police to build a, a small station. She even helped them to build a station, so they, they created a post of the police. And she started to work with the police very closely. So she partnered with the police in the first place, and then with the hospital, they brought another, a dispensary. And suddenly, uh, yeah, the government did not say, now you can rebuild. But the people rebuilt, and even today, it's quite a very, not nice, but much better than the Islam it was. So she worked with the government institutions, with the police, with the, you you don't need to speak in tongues in order to do that. You know, anyone, it's an institution that is needed. She was looking at the issues and she figured out if I can get this body, a government body, and this institution I know we can do something. They had a problem with water. She went and uh, found um, the uh, spring, living spring or living water, which is a Christian organization. She brought them and they, they you know, created some some springs and they got water. And so now the slum is a place you can visit. It's a very good story. Even the community knows that church belongs to the community. So the government, the other schools, institutions, they will say the church of the community. So we need to, to know wh- what is the difference as we approach you know, some of the issues.
0: Yeah, and on the same kind of topic of, of values, you had mentioned in the beginning uh, about some partners want to dictate to others um, and maybe also they could be dictating their values. Um, and then you said that some people say to be careful to partner with the West, with Western countries or organizations because they'll dictate. And you said they might dictate on how you should do this, what you should do. And I wasn't sure if you were saying they also dictate on some of your, like what you should believe or, um, but, uh, yeah. What What have you seen? How? It, let Let me ask this this way for the for the African leaders who are listening, who will be listening to this. Uh, what guidance would you give them on on that kind of issue about partnering with the West and that kind of dictating what should they watch out for, what should they be careful about?
1: I think it's a, it's a very difficult conversation that is happening, not only in Africa, but also in the West, like in the U.S. and Europe. You know, even the Christian community does not agree on some of these uh, difficult issues like around abortion, about, you know, uh, sexual orientation, or the LGBTQ, and, and all these, uh, these things are quite difficult conversations that are, it's not even taking place even in the west i can't say it is taking place the conversation is not even taking place in the west then suddenly when we enter some churches you know uh, uh we we will come to partner with with organizations churches in in africa and they start with such uh, issues that are not even resolved on the other side and bring them on the table. What do you believe about LGBTQ? What do you think? And uh, you know, do you think they are sinners or they they will go to heaven? That they should get you know married in the church. So that is a very difficult. Let me not even say a conversation, because I don't even see it in America. That conversation is not even taking. It's a very difficult issue, very divisive, and uh, you know, throw people and on and, and true side so coming with that here is uh, is extremely difficult for people who are in need and sometimes people have to pretend that they are they yeah that you are together in you know that all of you are together in some of these uh, beliefs that you know but they need your money and so it's very difficult. I think on the other side of the West, when people come on this side, we need to be very thoughtful about uh, Christianity and the culture in this context, but also, yeah, we we need to be aware of some of the differences in, uh, in, uh, in the way we do things. Let me give you an example. Uh, I remember recently we were sitting in in Geneva and we were discussing about hospitality and and there, I was asked you know what do you think about this as a value I said you know I can't put value in my organization as a hospitality as a value because in Africa hospitality is not Christian. It's cultural, so it's there. So why should I, put? because values sometimes are things that you put in place, you know, that you need to to look at and remember, this is me, this is something I need to practice, I need to be very intentional about, so why should I include hospitality? When in Africa, hospitality is a given, it's there. So these are kind of small things. And another thing is about money. For example, in in terms of money, now in the west people allocate money to a certain task and say this money is did is allocated to you know fighting drought and this is this is the money and now in Africa when you give the money and now there is rain and the drought is gone and uh, and then you know when in the west people will think if you use this money for something else that is called theft, but in Africa, people will think more about what is needed, and this is what we should do. You know, it's about the need. So this project mentality of you know asking an African man or church or organization to write a project with all these details. You know, this money is for the pen. This is for the the, the cup of, you know the, the cup of water. This is for fuel, yeah, it's, it's, this is the standard, you know, of projects. And people do that because they want to respect, you know, the, the, the other side. But these things are not quite uh, African People here, they think about what is the need. And in Africa, people think much about the community. Like, for example, you say this money is allocated to working with youth, so I'm working with young people, but those young people, uh, they go home to their mothers. And so what happens with that? To give you a real example, I was working with Compassion. I was one of uh, working with Compassion International. So we had children in the program and those children were supposed to receive a certain aid you know, every month. So now you take a child who is an orphan maybe living with an auntie who has six children. And you start to give special stuff to that child because this is how the project is uh, you know, is made. So what are you creating in that family? Then soon after that child start to look at the family as a parasites. And uh, some of these children started to become very difficult and they could tell the family that, you know, you are thieves, you, know, you are depending on me. It's because of my milk. That now even your children are drinking from my milk, and then you know the child was given to you, and say take this child to wherever you know we don't need this uh, child here any anymore. So we, we it, it's quite um, quite complicated. So there are many differences in the way we approach life. Here, people are more uh, communal, and uh, people think about. How does the community perceive what we do? So it's not about we want to do this we need to we are sensitive to the the, the community, the perceptions, the, the cultural values even as Christians, we are very concerned with uh, you know how do we work in agreement with the cultural values. And then on the other side, people can can get away with you know just being you know as an individual, and be strong on what you believe, what you want to do, and, and 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 you don't need to always worry about what the community thinks. So I know the biggest discussion here is around LGBTQ, and uh, people in Africa are quite uh, sensitive about these things, not because of, of faith mainly, but because, first of all, because of the culture. And so whoever approaches this side, I want to say that is not even a conversation, a civil conversation, even in the West. So I want just to encourage people to uh, be sensitive to that. And then people in Africa, we also need to be very open to to share what we think is very strong beliefs in us, Cultural values, we need to put them on the table, not, not to hide because we are too needy that, uh, now we start even to lose some of these key things and then we might alienate ourselves from our, our communities. So we need to be honest and say, this is who we are. This is what we believe as a community, as a church culture. These are the things we, and, and be honest and then build partnership in honesty.
0: Thank you very much, Joseph. And one more question still in the same um, point. So we talked about dictating with uh, with morals or with certain uh, work processes. One of the things you had mentioned at another point was requiring a lot of reports and photos. That can also be kind of dictating. Um, If we have people listening uh, like me who are working for different organizations, or different uh, financial partner organizations in North America, let's say. And they hear you saying that, and now they're worried and they're thinking, oh, I need to make sure that I don't fall into that. I don't want to be dictating so much like that. I don't want to be over-requiring too many reports and photos. What kind of guidance would you give to people to help them think that through to know whether they're falling into that problem or if they're doing okay? Like, how, how would I know if I'm requesting too much? Is, does that make sense? Like, is there guidance you can give to those who are thinking that?
1: Yeah, I remember we used to have a lot of, you know, disagreement with uh, uh, our friends in, uh, in 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 Europe about reporting. Some of the time, you know, they will, uh, you will have numbers. Let me give you an example. You go to a village and then they, you, you have uh, in, in your, your 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 budget and your uh, proposal, your project, you have to reach out to 40, 40 pastors. And then the day they come, they come like uh, eight, 80 or 100. So then you say, OK, uh, I have money. For meals. So in Africa, you know, 40 and 100, they can eat the same the same quantity. So you just say, oh, wow, you know, let them just, you know, join in, in the seminar and it's okay, we'll share whatever is there. So in your reports, when you write, oh, I could reach out to 100 people, 100, and then the other side, they will tell you, oh, this is not, you know, uh, you are not following the the proposal. I'm like, <laughs> the proposal? You know, I thought you'd be very happy because what I'm doing, I'm changing people's lives. You know, it's not about proposals and numbers. For me, what is important is that the village has been better served in, in, in that way. So at one point, uh, I remember we used even to have like... Uh, two years project but by the end of the second quarter things have changed so much africa is a very dynamic place things change quite a lot and very rapidly so if you give me a three years project i tell you by the year two the realities will be completely different so i think uh, there is a kind of agreement we had with our friends in, uh, in Europe, is that we're going to plan in main lines. For example, we used to say, let's plan for five events, but don't tell us where. Just say in in towns. So so that we, we try not to be very precise. So we had to work on something in between to give uh, flexibility to all the changes that are happening, but also when we say we are a faith project, we need to listen to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will always bring some kind of crazy ideas about how uh, we can do things differently. But you also agree that if there is, if the Holy Spirit brings something new, let us you know, talk and discuss about about it and, and see how we can uh, implement it in a way that we agree. So that was a very good compromise. First of all, we don't put so much precision on some of the things we do. And the second thing is that uh, we also, you know, when there is a major uh, desire, a change that, you know, and uh, something very, very significant, then we sit and discuss, and we, you know, our friends have been very flexible. We discuss and we agree, and then we, we implement. So we also understand that the requirements on the other side are a bit different. So we are trying to find a compromise and say, how do we meet, uh, you know, and, and and because of the realities and the things that happen in this side and the way we we approach things so that we, we get to both of us you know, we get somewhat
0: together. Yeah, that's really good. It's hard for me as you're talking, not to think back on different projects and partnership agreements and start thinking that through, but uh, I'll, I'll spend some time thinking about that later. I think we've already gone over our, on, on our, but I really want to still ask two more questions before we stop. Um, so we'll try to be quick. Uh, One of the things you mentioned was organizations that compromise their identity for the sake of partnership. Like uh, they're really feeling a vision to do something with agriculture and the community, but then funding comes along for a medical project and they switch um, to try to get that funding. Um, I wonder two things. One, how can... Uh, a Western organization that wants to partner, <clears throat> be aware or investigate that so that they don't end up partnering with an organization that's just, you know, flipping back and forth to different things. But then I'm also thinking about on the other side, an organization that's doing that kind of switching and maybe they might defend themselves. And say you know we want to do good in the community but we need money to do it and so yeah we have a vision but we need to keep adjusting so that we can receive resources to do what we need to do like how if they defended themselves that way how would you how would you respond to them so those are those are kind of two questions on that same subject and then I still have one more question after that
1: Yeah, I think one of the you know the, the thing that we see more in the world of projects, many organizations they will have funding for some topics, so they determine that we have money for uh, environmental resilience, we have money for um, you know, microfinance, and so because of th- that way of approaching. The, the, the community needs that becomes a very difficult uh, trap because when you see that what I'm doing has no no one is interested in funding, then the tendency will be to tap into that money and you know try to adjust what you are doing. Sometimes there is a uh, yeah you can also blend blend what you are doing with what is offered. For example, someone is offering money for literacy and I'm doing um, you know, hygiene and health and hygiene. So sometimes that money literacy, if I'm honest enough, I can tap into that literacy money, but make sure to tell the whole truth that you know I think I can integrate what I'm doing with literacy, and then you know, accomplish something that is not you know completely different from my my vision and mission, but that is also you know trying to fulfill the requirements of a donor. But that way of giving money to things is a, is quite a, a big trap, and I don't know how to avoid that people will will uh, will fall you know it's it's unavoidable that people will tend to yeah to shift and go where the money the money is it's difficult to resist but some of the people who are smart enough they can tap into the money but still be faithful to their vision and accomplish it in a in a way that you know they package their vision and mission and whatever money that is uh, is around we had uh, a joke of someone who Wrote a proposal because uh, the community was living near the a, a game park. So, and they asked money because the animals were coming to the community and then they were, uh, you know, eating the crops and destroying the, yeah, all, all the all the plants. And so the community was uh, in disarray. So someone to help them brought a, a, a project to put a fence and the people who responded, they said, we don't protect a human being against animals. We protect animals. So they changed the project, you know, to, <laughs> to, to, to protect the animals, you know, against human being, because when the animals cross, sometimes people kill them. They say, to protect the animals, we want to put a fence around the, the, the park. And they get, they got the money, so it was the same thing. But those are quite you know things that uh, people play with, but which are quite similar. But you know how to to go about you know such things. But sometimes things are very different. The themes that are are exposed are given, and the money that is there and what you do sometimes you know there is no no way you can integrate. It, the, the gap is too big and in that case I think it's better to just you know indicate someone else you know to those people who have that kind of money you can tell someone else in the community and say I think you are better um yeah um, in in a better position to receive such grants this money is offered you can go for it I can help you I can support you but I I think it's better if you you are the one to go.
0: Yeah, you have a lot of really interesting stories that you've picked up over time. Um, Okay, last question. Uh, You talked about competition among churches uh, within the same denomination or between denominations and how you wish churches would work together more to achieve something, not just when donors call them together. Um, Can you say a bit more about you've talked about a way forward on some of the partnership things, but um, maybe share a little bit more of the way forward on how to, how can pastors who are listening work to tear down some of this competition and to work together with other churches without compromising their own identity and and beliefs and, um, what, what kinds of things do you think churches could be working together to achieve? And if you have any good positive story of churches doing that, we would love to hear it. But we can maybe end on a more positive note with uh, thinking about how churches might uh, work together to do something beautiful together. So what ideas do you have on that?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, um, what I've seen with um the, the, the whole competition, some of the time, it, it, that comes through splits. You know, when, when there is a conflict in a church and then uh, someone leaves the church, they tend to go not far from the former church and plant another church, which goal is to dismantle the other. And so they will create a TV uh, program and it's all about the other church and so and try to empty this other church into this one so th- those cases come sometimes out of uh, bitterness and I want just to say that is sin and so we are still uh, at the end accountable to God yes there's uh we are wounded, maybe we have been offended but the way we respond can be sinful. so we are still before God we are accountable, uh, to God about about uh, what do we do with our pain, and sometimes this uh, through our needs, uh, when we think that you know planting a small church and having a number of people is going to bring income for my family. That is uh, some of the pleasures of life, but we are still before God accountable because we need also to learn that God is our provider. And are very good promises that if we build the kingdom of God, not necessarily starting a small church. The kingdom of God is much bigger than starting a small church, and more uh, into the area of uh, healing and reconciliation and peace. And building the kingdom of God, working with different churches, and so there is a way we can uh, we can achieve much by just you know allowing ourselves to. Yeah, to to follow uh the, the the yeah the guiding of God. We don't need all of us to start small churches around the corner in order to get food. You know, um, for my family, we can we can do better than that. So let me just end, uh, in in uh, in in this, this positive. I have been working with different denominations and churches, and I feel really blessed to see the richness and the variety of of people approaching God, you know, in, in their approaches, uh, which are very different. And I've been blessed by, by, by this diversity in, in in the the ways, the styles, and, and I, I feel so sorry, you know, for some of our church leaders who do not realize that. And especially when you go from one church, let's say most of the people who left the Catholic Church, they tend to think, oh, these people are not, you know, they have nothing of God into them. But when I go, sometimes I work with the Catholic Church and the priest and, and and nuns, I started to realize there's so much depth in this whole silence meditation. You know, going and 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 reverence, you know, to God. There's so much depth, you know, in, in 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 this communion with God, as as you go for for this very deep, you know, reflective, meditative style of worship. And I am, I, I want just to encourage people to, yeah, to to be aware that sometimes we miss quite a lot when we don't, uh, yeah, we, we don't do, we don't go, you know, on on the other side and and try to, yeah, to understand. I want also to see, like, um, yeah, I know, like, in, in Kenya, we, we have uh, many friends who are Anglican. And in the Anglican church, there is a strong tradition of the prayer book. It's a very well organized liturgy, and with that, you have all the potential of going all the way through the Bible, touching all the parts of our Christian doctrines. And but now most of them they are also concerned because the youth program is not very strong. So I have seen some of them, like in uh, Nakuru, where the Anglican Church, it's not a kind of you know formal partnership. But most of the parents will take their children to a Pentecostal church where the children program and the youth program is very, very vibrant. So I have seen that kind of, and everyone knows, you know, the parents go here and their children go to the other church. So there is so much potential within even a, a city where we, as a people in our church, we can also see the value into what other churches do. Like in uh, Kigali, there are some churches that are very strong, extremely strong on uh, prayer and intercession. And I see like my denomination is extremely strong uh, on on, on, on that. And so like uh, in some of the churches, even today, uh, every Wednesday, we have a big church in the city. And you will find people from all over Kigali you know, coming for uh, fasting and prayer, sometimes for two days or one day. We see many, many people, you know, who love to come and just be before the Lord in fervent prayer and also, you know, uh, being, you know, close to God and listening to the word. And I see that the church is is filled on a Wednesday, but most of the people are you know, come from all over. But we will not see them on Sunday. They will go to the on churches, so I want to encourage what I see in small that um, yeah sometimes it's the members they are more uh, yeah open so that kind of you know flowing between churches. I know some of the churches have very good concert you know like uh, when they, they put a concert, every young people will want to be there in, in that church too. Just you know, enjoy that dancing and very lively music. I see most of the young people they they, they move, they migrate. Not just to, they don't move completely, but they know how to poach, not how to poach, how to benefit from all the nice you know things that you can find in uh, the different churches and the pastors. Yes, uh, yeah, I know, I know one. Like a partnership of um, now, it's a fellowship of pastors in Nakuru, which is something I also appreciated a lot. So it is not just pastors coming uh, when there is uh, a good to to divide. They come every once a week. They come for prayer and uh, and worship, and then they discuss about the different things that are happening, the difficulties, and they have a time of prayer together. They listen to one another, and when one has a big event, all of them will go. When there is burial, they put money together and and help each other. This is a very good example. I've I've really enjoyed being, they call it uh, Nakuru uh, Fellowship of Pastors. This is something I've been like, oh, my goodness. I wish, you know, all the fellowship of pastors will be like this. It's almost like a a family community. Because as pastors, you don't have much uh, places where you go to resource yourself. But that place in Nakuru has been for me uh, an amazing, an amazing example.
0: That is a beautiful example to end with, and we need to stop because we're we've gone way over. But it's been a really wonderful conversation, Joseph. Thank you so much for sharing these points and stories and tips with us about about partnership so we'll stop there god bless you, you joseph
1: thank you Anthony. god bless you